Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Hey, this weekend, uh, we, we have had lots of fun. You could see a lot of fun. There's been scavenger hunts. There's been all this stuff. But I'll just tell you, we didn't just come in here and play, right? We didn't come in here and play. We, we dug into the word and we, we challenged your, your teenagers and we've seen the, them respond in such a great way in, in many different ways. Like none of them, I don't know that we're the same, but, but I'm just so grateful for the opportunity and the conversations I've gotten to have uh, with your students this weekend as we've dove in. Uh, but, but the first night we talked about uh, the limitless being the theme. We, we talked about how uh, God has no limits. And, and that our past does not limit God. And we talked about how God does not, uh, is not limited by our past in, in the way of salvation. He can forgive us. He can, he can let us, uh, he can get us past that. Wherever the sin and the struggle in our lives right now is, even if we're believers, like he, he can forgive us and we can get past that and we can live out for him. But also our past doesn't dictate or hinder what God wants to use us to do in our lives. And then the next day we got to talk about and dive into um, to the thought of, of our abilities and, and some having thinking that we've got such great abilities that, that God just wants to use us and, and only us and that we're the stuff. And, and then some, some of us, uh, we, we think too lowly of ourselves, right? Like we think we don't have any abilities. And, and we look in the mirror and go, what is the worth in that? And so, and so we, but with that, what we, what we learned was that, that we, we don't need to be thinking too highly of ourselves or too low of ourselves. We need to find God, that we are God's masterpiece and that, that he created us to do his good work and his image. And, and God wants to use all of us with our abilities that we have. And then uh, we talked about uh, last night, we really talked about overcoming fear and, and how uh, we talked about David and Goliath. But, but the interesting turn is that a lot of the fears in our lives aren't big giants in our lives, but, but, but sometimes it's the small things, it's the small decisions that God is wanting that may make a monumental uh, giant-sized impact for the kingdom. And so we don't know about that, but, but there are fears that we have to overcome. And that if we will truly give all that we've got and go all in with all of this, these things, then what happens? happens is we will prove that God has a plan for us and that he wants to use us. And in that, we can go all in because the victory has been won in him. And so we can go all in instead of focusing on the fear. See, David wasn't afraid. David wasn't afraid, but it wasn't because of who David was. He was smaller than everybody. He was smaller than everybody. And on top of that, he was facing a nine-foot giant. Right? And so we look at that and we see David. And, and in the midst of that, we see that, that he's not afraid. Why? Because he has the spirit of the Lord. He's focused on the Lord and, and in that walk. And because of that, he is driven and, and he just, he says, I've got this. Because he's confident in the Lord. Now, uh, the students are used to this. So I want to give you this warning in case some of you are sitting there going, man, this dude talks loud and fast. It's going to be that way for the next 20 minutes. Because that's how much time I got. Okay. So just, just buckle up, be ready, listen fast and Listen soft if you need to. Listen loud if you need to. Whatever it likes. Like, because the truth is, 24 years ago, I gave my life to Christ at a D-Now weekend just like this. And, uh, and I still hadn't gotten over it. And uh, that's been our goal for this weekend with your students is for them to, to be 24 years from now and, and not be over what God did on this weekend. So we're, we're looking more than just 24 hours. We're looking more for, than just a couple of weeks of, of getting back into the grind of things and then going back to normal. Like we want this to be something that is life transformational for the rest of their lives. And so that's what we've been digging into. And so today we get to end this thing with a thought of culture. 
does not limit God. Culture does not limit God. We think about that. Our past doesn't limit God. Our, uh, our abilities don't limit God. Our, and, and we've proven that because I'm even here today. But we think about that and then we think about the fears of do not limit God that we have in our lives. And so, um, so today if you've got your Bibles, turn to Daniel 6. Daniel 6. This is a long passage of scripture that we're going to be walk, working through, um, and uh, and I could read it all to you, or we could just work through it. Um, but because I'm ADD and HD, um, I did take my medicine today. Good luck. I did. I know. Thanks. Thanks. Um, uh, and so uh, we should be able to focus a little bit better, but uh, I'm still just ADD. Um, and so when we look at this, so we're going to walk through and we're going to just look at the scripture and walk through what it says and what, what things that we can learn and teach from it as we look at this thought of culture does not limit God. Starting in verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom of a hundred satraps to be throughout the, the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one to whom these satraps have, have, should give account so that the king might suffer law, no loss. Now, let's just stop for just a second. and just This is a real quick explanation, but I had to look this up uh, and, and so that I, I could study and understand what these things are. So you've got satraps. The satraps are like governors. So there's all these governors that are overseeing areas and regions of the land. And so you've got, you've got them there, and there, there's 120 of them. And then he's got three, uh, what I would like to, I call them uh, as, as they are... Um, cabinet members. So they are like his three uh, regional managers, right? Like they're, they're overseeing these guys and they're watching them and they're paying attention. And, and so we see that Daniel is a part of those three guys that the king trusts to, to give account for all the things that are going on in his kingdom, okay? Time in. Here we go. Um, so, uh, so the king suffered their lives. Then, the, then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps. Because of, his excellent, of an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could not find no ground or complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men we shall not find any ground or for complaint against, the, against this Daniel unless we find it in connection to the law of his God. So first, first thing that we want to look at this morning is that Daniel had an excellent spirit. Daniel had an excellent spirit. So what does that look like? They could not find any fault in him. So first of all, we can look at it and say, hey, he was a man of God. Right? The first thing that is distinguished here is that he is a man of God. And so for us, we look at this, and the culture is already around him, not a godly culture. Right? It is a kingdom, and a king is the king, and he's looking for his kingdom, and he set everything up to be the man who lives forever. And so we see that. And so, but, but in the midst of this, 
Daniel is serving his king and yet has found favor amongst him and being distinguished and risen up because he is a man of excellent spirit. So he's doing the right things. It says he is faithful. And in the midst of that, we see that they are trying to find fault with him and they still cannot find fault with him. We live in a culture today like never before to where everything that we do is on display. Everything we do. And so it's important that, uh, for us that we are found faithful. You see, our walk with the Lord, our faithfulness to the Lord, our spirit that we have in the Lord in everything that we do, whether that's a job, whether that's, that, that's here at church, whether that's in your school, whether that's on a team, whether that's whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, everything that we do, we, are, we, we need to be found faithful and thoughtless before the Lord and before the people around us because they are watching more than ever before. This culture, like never before, they are coming after Christians. They're coming after the church. I'm not just telling you, like, like they, you think about in, in this, they had a jealous spirit. The others had a jealous spirit. And so they were trying. You know, you know what that jealous spirit's like? Because we get it sometimes too. Like we get a little jealous of somebody. And so we're like, all right, we're going to find everything that we can find out about this person. We're going to go digging in. We're going to win this battle. We know what it's like. And so you think about this. They are trying everything they can find to find fault with Daniel in this passage of Scripture because they're jealous of him. And they can't find a fault. They can't find a fault. And so they're sitting here and they're going, man, we, we've got to find something. And so when they can't find anything. And so the thing for me is, listen, we do a really good job as, as the church. We do a really good job as a church at hiding the things in our lives. We, we are really good at masking all the hurt. We're really good at masking all the pain. We're really, really good at, at keeping sin secret. And if you can find one place in the Bible that it says to keep your sin secret, Please come have a conversation with me. Because no, that's not what it says. Now, I'm not saying, hey, let's start airing out our dirty laundry to everybody. It doesn't. But what it does talk about is confession to the Lord and repentance. What it does talk about is finding brothers and sisters, brothers for brothers and sisters for sisters, to, to talk about that and looking at that and finding accountability in your life of people that you truly trust and that you can listen to that will hold you accountable. And it says confess from one brother to another, one sister to another. See, we are a church that's supposed to help each other push towards Christ. But the culture is very good at dividing us. They're very good at telling us just mask it. Just, just pretend like it doesn't happen. And that sin, it'll eventually either go away or, or, or it'll be okay. And what we've found is over the years, you can find people in your life that over years and years and years of hiding sin, hiding sin, hiding sin, it builds and it builds and it builds. And then what happens is one day it's exposed. It's exposed and it destroys a life or lives. But what if we dealt with the sin like God tells us to with confession and repentance so that reconciliation can happen, so that, so that we can start living our lives without the guilt, without the shame, but we can find ourselves faultless before this world and before the Lord. 
See, culture didn't have power on God. So we see this. They've got, we've got an excellent spirit. We've got the jealous spirit. And then, and then we see that, that right after that in verse, um, in verse 6, it says, Then these high officials and satraps uh, come by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials. Did all the high officials? That seems odd to me. All the high officials of the kingdom. Well, there were three of them, the prefects and the, the satraps and, uh, and, and the counselors and the governors are, are agreed that, are they all agreed? That the king should establish an ordinance to enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any God or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, Establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. They had a plan. They had a plan, and that plan was executed. Hey, listen, I don't know if you realize this. But if you don't, I'm going to tell you. Teenagers, listen, this is important for you. This world and this culture, they are out to destroy your faith. They are executing the plan very well. Adults, I'm not just talking to them. The stores, they sell what, you, what they want your kids to wear. And you buy it. Social media is everywhere. Your kids are getting indoctrinated into the culture of the world. And it's getting ingrained in you. And students, truth is, you look at it, you watch it, you pay attention to it, and you buy into it. Adults, you buy into all this stuff. The culture in our lives, the, the world that we live in, is they've got a plan and they're indoctrinating it and they're, they're, they're teaching our kids a worldview that is not biblical. Hey, let me tell you something. If, you're, if you have a friend who is a non-believer, you listen to me? And they are gonna live a lifestyle of sin, don't put it on social media and support them. You're looking at me like, oh, well, I'm just loving my friend. No, you're not. That's the worst possible thing you could do. The best thing and the only way that you can love them is by teaching them how to get to Jesus, leading them to Jesus. I know that's not a popular take, but I don't care about the culture's popularity. I want you to understand what God says. Sin in this world has us paralyzed. And the one way that we can unparalyze and let our people in our lives that we really care for and love to walk again is to simply take them and get them close to Jesus. That's it. The power is not in the world. 
The world is limited compared to our God. But if we buy into the things of this world and we just post it or we just share it or we talk about it or we do all the things that we do to feel good about ourselves and about how we're helping each other out and all the things, the truth is if it's going against God's word, then you're not doing what is godly. And you're allowing and you're playing a piece into letting the culture and the world win against a God that is limitless. Why would we do that? You see, they've got a plan and they're executing it to perfection. But let me ask you, church. It's easy. To, it, it is so easy. They, I mean, the, the world has opened up ourselves as churches to look at the biblical concepts that God he has put, laid out before us and to go, man, this world is dark, this world is sinful, this world is doing this, and this world is that. We, we can complain about it all day long. But my, my question is, what are you doing, church, to plan and execute to make and raise up disciples in your church? Older generation, I know it scares you to death that these teenagers don't think like you, they don't look like you, they don't act like you, and they have devices that you may not know how to use very well. But can I just tell you, they need you. I have been married to my wife for 14 years, and I love her to death, and it has not been an easy road, but I'm just telling you right now, we are so good, and I love her so much, but I'm telling you, when I see a couple that's been married for 50-plus years, for 25-plus years, like, I just tell you, I want to hang out with them. I want to know how they did it and loved God through that. When I look at people, I've got, I've got all these kids from 10 and under, and when I see somebody who's got a grown adult who loves the Lord, who's serving in the church, and who's done that, I want to know from that mom and dad how did you do it please teach me hey these teenagers they need you hey parents somebody in this church has been doing it longer than you you need them we need each other because if we don't come together as a church and focus and go and realize that if we will serve the God of the universe that is limitless, then what happens is we are a church that's going to eventually be divided by the world and the culture. And we take the, the powerful, almighty, limitless God and we put him aside to embrace the culture. We have to be a church that has a plan that is executing the plan that is pouring into one another to make each other and sharpen one another because we love one another, because we care for one another, and because we know that the God that we serve is limitless. You see, in the midst of this passage of Scripture, in the midst of this passage of Scripture, we see that Daniel, in the midst of that, he, he prays. He stops, he sees the document, he realizes, and all the things that have been brought before him, he stops and he prays before the Lord. He gets on his knees, he prays. And then as he's praying, we see right after that, we see that the king uh, who, who has come in, it's been brought to him that Daniel is praying and, and that, he, that he's, he's broke the, the ordinance as a high official. And so what are you going to do, king? He's put to the test. What are you going to do? He says, well, I've got to keep my word. I've got, I've got, I can't break this, this word. And so what happens? He puts him in the lion's den. He puts him in the lion's den. He keeps his word. And then, and then after that, he, he goes and he fasts. He fasts. He says, I don't need any diversions. I don't need anything tonight. Tonight, 
I am fasting for Daniel because he loved Daniel. So he puts him in, he keeps his word, he fasts. And then, and the next morning, he goes out. And what he sees when he goes out is this. He sees that Daniel is okay. Because listen, the world may deceive against us. He may come out and he may deceive against us. The world may very much come after us. But when we serve a God that is limitless, when we serve a God who, who has a plan for us to live out this faith, the culture cannot win. God is also our refuge. You live for him. He will take after you. He will look after you. He will provide for you. He will protect you. But most of all, he'll be your refuge as well. Because the truth is, this culture is fighting a fight that they have already lost. Because God died on a cross after sending his son. Jesus died on a cross. On the third day, he rose again. And that is the very reason that we get to have eternal life and salvation in him. That is the reason that we can confess and repent. That is the reason that we get to have hope and purpose and worth. Because we serve a God that in our limited minds, in our limited thoughts, we serve a God that is limitless. Today, I don't know how you need to respond to this word. I don't know... uh, what God's doing in your life. But if you need salvation today, if you need to repent today, if you need to just need prayer today, whatever it may be, I pray that you'll respond accordingly. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the opportunity, God, to preach your word and to hear your word. Father, thank you for Daniel, for his life that he served, that he lived. He stayed faithful even when the culture rose up around him. And I pray that we too can do the same. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.